welcome back to the Way of Keys podcast. I am your host, Alex Hermstad, and this episode is going to be one of many in a series covering the occult aspect of music. And I'm going to be going through these materials that I've accumulated on just that topic, the, the occult nature of music or the, the spiritual side of music. And why I'm doing this, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I have a hunch based on my experiences with music that there is something really deep and profound happening when we engage with music. And it's something that is not presented to us in the mainstream narratives of music. We, I feel like we are typically presented with a very surface level explanation of, of what music is. Hey, like, you know, it makes you feel good. It gives you joy. Some songs sound happy, some songs sound sad, but it always struck me like how, why does, why does a certain sound give a sad feeling as opposed to a happy feeling? It, it would always blow my mind, but we accept it as a given and it's just something that comes natural to us, listening to music evokes a certain mood and we we just take that as a given. And as I've explored music over the years, I've had experiences that felt mystical in nature and I've wanted to explore that further and I've wanted to understand what the what is happening in these experiences and how to explore in that space deeper this led me to uh, rudolf steiner who is one of the few people who has written and spoke about this there are some other people jocelyn godwin is another author and scholar that has looked at the occult connection of music. And, you know, even back in the ancient times, Pythagoras was sort of working this out as well. And so where I'm at now, I don't really understand a lot of this, but I have had the experiences and I want to explore the ideas that others have have built around this, the, the language and the framework that has been built. And I have a hunch that this framework and this information, if we can bring it into consciousness of music, it will elevate our experiences with music, it will change the way that we learn music. And 
it will give us more gratitude for this very mysterious art that affects us in a way that nothing else does. So that's my reasoning here. And that's why I am taking this journey. Rudolf Steiner was bringing in these practices ranging from farming practices to things based on music with eurythmy to various occult practices and um, bringing them all together in a holistic way. And, and I'm always very surprised by sort of the lack of people talking about this guy's ideas. Not that there is a lack because how I've arrived here is that all of in, in my traversing of podcasts because I listen to a lot of podcasts and and I'll listen to a podcast and that'll lead me to another podcast that's kind of a higher, more ascended source of information. And I'm, I'm at this place where all, all of my favorite podcasts, they all sort of have this reverence for the work of Rudolf Steiner. And it's given me this sign that, hey, it's you should understand this guy's ideas and you should understand them and, and dive deep. And so I'm going to be looking at Steiner's writings and lectures on music. And to start, I'm going to be looking at a lecture he gave in 1906 called The Occult Basis of Music. And I'm going to be reading some passages from this and just going in a little bit and, and seeing what can we glean, what can we learn from, from this lecture, what is implied by the information here. So, the occult basis of music. So, Steiner opens up this lecture talking about music and how it is different from any other art. There's a distinguishing factor between music and things like painting, writing, sculpture, etc. So, he, he writes, compared with other arts, sculpture, painting, poetry, music has a special character. All the other arts have some kind of model in the external world. The sculptor works from a model if he creates a statue of Zeus or Apollo, it takes an idealized human form, and it's the same with painting. And today, the tendency is to give an exact impression of what the senses perceive. Poetry, similarly, tries to deal with some aspect of the real world. But if one tried to apply this theory to music, one would get nowhere. For how could one copy, for example, the song of birds? What is the origin of musically shaped sounds? How are they related to anything in the objective world? So he's, he's speaking about music here and he's saying, hey, this is, this is different. There's something different about music compared to what we think of as arts. And it has something to do with the internal versus external nature of music as as opposed to some of these other arts. And so here he cites uh, Schopenhauer, who is a philosopher and who had 
some stuff to say about the nature of music as well. And he writes, it is precisely in connection with this art of music that Schopenhauer has advanced some interesting views. In a certain respect, they are indeed clear and striking. He assigns to music a quite special place among the arts and to art itself, a quite special value in human life. His philosophy has a fundamental ground note which may be expressed as follows. Life is a sorry business, and through thinking, I try to make it bearable. Pervading everything in the world is a blind, unconscious will. It shapes the stone and then the plant, but always, in all of its manifestations, with a restless yearning for something higher. The savage feels this less than does the genius who experiences the painful cravings of the will in the highest, most intense degree. Besides the activity of the will, Schopenhauer continues, man has the faculty of forming mental images. These are like a feta morgana, like pictures in the mist, like the spray thrown up by the waves of the will. The will surges up to shape these illusory pictures. When in this way man perceives the working of the will, he is less than ever satisfied, but a release from the blind driving force of the will comes to us through art. Art is something which man can escape from the restless craving of the will. How does this happen? When man creates a work of art, it springs from his image-forming faculty. But genuine art, Schopenhauer insists, is not merely a copy of external reality. A statue of Zeus, for example, is not produced by copying. The sculptor draws for his model the characteristics of many men, and so he creates the archetypal image, which in nature is distributed among numerous separate individuals. So the artist surpasses nature. He extracts her archetypal essence, and this is what the true artist renders. By penetrating into the creative depth of nature, he creates something real and achieves a certain release for himself. So Steiner here is recapping Schopenhauer's philosophy around art and what art is. And in Schopenhauer's mind, there's this thing called the will. And the will is related to the will of nature. And it's the home of these archetypal images, which artists view and create based on. And so this is so then we're talking here about art as in painting and sculpting. And so as I said earlier, music is is different in in some way. So so how is it different? Steiner writes, so it is with all the arts except music. All the other arts have to work through images and produce only pictures of the will. But musical sound is a direct expression of the will itself. The composer listens to the pulse beat of the will 
and renders it in the sequence of musical sounds. Music is thus intimately related to the working of the will in nature to things in themselves. It penetrates into the elemental archetypal being of the cosmos and reflects the feeling of it. That is why music is so satisfying. So this is Schopenhauer's philosophy, and this is how Schopenhauer was distinguishing how music is different from arts, or different is, is set aside from the other arts. And my understanding here is that with something like painting or sculpting or poetry, these arts are the human getting a sense perception of the will, which again is this, this spirit, this force of nature that is inherent in our existence. In poetry and in painting, the artist gets a sense perception of the, these archetypes and creates based on that. And with music, the difference is it's, you don't get an impression of some image that you then replicate Instead, you're interfacing and embodying the will itself. Musical sound is a direct expression of the will itself. And so the implication here is that music is this deeply connected interface into this idea of the will or spirit or, or the, the driving force really behind our existence. So yes, in that way, it's, it's, very, it's very special and it's, it's um, in its connection to the spirit world. And we're going to learn more about this soon. So, so that's, that's uh, starting with the, the Schopenhauer point with the will. And now we're back to Steiner talking about um, his own ideas here. So he writes, why does music speak so intimately to the heart? and so widely? And why is its influence so powerful, even in early childhood? For answers to these questions, we must turn to the realm where the true models for music are to be found. When a composer is at work, he has nothing to copy from. He has to draw his music from out of his own soul. Whence he derives it, shall we find out if we turn our attention to the world's which are not perceptible to the ordinary senses. Human beings are so made that it is possible for them to release in themselves faculties which are normally asleep. In the same way that someone born blind may be given sight by an operation, so can a man's inner eye be opened, enabling him to gain knowledge of higher worlds. When a man develops these slumbering faculties through concentration, meditation, and so on, he advances step by step. First of all, he experiences a special configuration of his dream life. His dreams take on a much more orderly character. On waking, he feels as though he were rising from out of the waves of an ocean in which he had been submerged, a world of flowing light and color. He knows that he has experienced something, that he has seen an ocean of which he had no previous knowledge. Increasingly, his dream experiences gain in clarity. He remembers that in this world of light and color, 
there were things and beings which differed from anything physical in being permeable, so that one can pass right through them without meeting any resistance. He comes to know beings whose element, whose bodies, the colors are. Gradually, he extends his consciousness over this world and on waking, remembers that he has been active within it. Okay, so so Steiner here now, he's moved to talking about the uh, the dream world and just he's talking about the process of gaining knowledge of the higher worlds, which is what the occult science is referring to. And the reason that he's going into this here in, in the context of music is that he's making an implication that that music is the 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 real home of music and where it comes from is in these higher worlds. So he's going back here and he's describing what the dream world is and and how it interfaces with our existence here. Okay, so he goes on. The next step occurs when he, as it were, carries this world back with him into waking life. Then he sees the astral bodies of other men and of much else, and he experiences a world which is much more real than the physical one. A world in which a world which, in relation to the physical world, appears as a densification, a crystallization from out of the astral world. Now it is also possible to transform into a conscious condition, the unconscious state of dreamless sleep. The disciple who attains to this stage learns to extend his consciousness over those parts of the night which are not filled with dreams, but are normally spent in complete unconscious. He then finds himself conscious in a world of which previously he knew nothing a world which is not intrinsically one of light and color, it first announces itself as a world of musical sound. The disciple acquires the capacity to hear spiritually. He hears sequences and combinations of sounds which are not audible to the physical ear. This world is called the Devachanic world. Deva meaning spirit, Chan meaning home. So the home of the spirits. Okay, so this is really interesting to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm new, I'm very new to Steiner's ideas. And so really at this point, I'm just immersing myself in this, this world and these ideas that he's talking about here. But this was a new idea for me, right? So, so earlier he was talking about the dream world. And he was talking about the process of attaining knowledge of the higher worlds, the process of occult science. And the first process of is, is being very aware and conscious of the dream world and seeing how that is gets crystallized in the physical world and, and sort of an integration of the two. And then he's saying the next step after the merging between that astral and the physical world, there's this there's this other world, there's this third world, which we enter when we go into our unconscious state of dreamless sleep. So 
I mean, when I think of this, I'm thinking like, okay, in the REM phase, we are in just the normal dream world. And then when we go into deep sleep, we go to this other world where he says, right, it's not not a world of intrinsically light and color, but it's a world of musical sound as its basis. And it's called the Devachanic world, the spirit home, spirit world. So on, on the Devachanic world, he writes, one must not think that when a man enters this world and hears its tones resounding, he loses the world of light and colors. The world of tones is shot through with light and colors, but they belong to the astral world. The essential element of the Devachanic world is the endlessly flowing and changing ocean of musical tones. When continuous consciousness extends to this world, its tones can be brought over, and then it is possible to hear also the ground tones of the physical world. For every physical thing has its note has its ground note in the Devachanic world, and in every countenance, Devachanic ground notes are figured forth. It was on this account that Periclesis said, The kingdom of nature are the letters of the alphabet, and man is the word formed from them. Okay, so I mean, basically what I'm getting from this is that in this higher world, it's built on these musical tones. It's a, an endlessly flowing and changing ocean of musical tones. And that's the nature of it. And it's, it's not absent of light and colors. You know, it's, it's the, the, those are there. But light and colors are more of a property of the astral world, which is associated with more the dream world or, or what we experience in REM sleep. But this world the fundamental property are these tones, are these musical tones. And they have a correspondence here in the physical. And everything here in the physical has a corresponding tone to something in the, in the Devachanic world. Okay, so moving on. Whenever anyone falls asleep, his astral body goes out from his physical body. His soul then lives in the Devachanic world. Its harmonies make an impression on his soul. They vibrate through in it waves of living sound, so that every morning he wakes from the music of the spheres, and out of this realm of harmony he passes into the everyday world. Just as the human soul has a sojourn in Devachan between incarnations. So we can say that during the night, the soul rejoices in flowing tones of music. They are the very element out of which it is itself woven, and they are its true home. The composer translates into physical sounds the rhythms and harmonies which at night imprint themselves on his astral body. Unconsciously, he takes his model from the spiritual world. He has in himself the harmonies, which he translates into physical terms. That is the secret connection between the music which resounds in the physical world 
and the hearing of spiritual music during the night. But the relation of physical music to this spiritual music is like that of a shadow to the object which casts it. So, the music of instruments and voices in the physical world is like a shadow of the far higher music of Devachan. The primal image, the archetype of music, is in Devachan, and having understood this, we can now examine the effect of music on human beings. So here he, he's saying, like, music originates in this, this far higher plane, which usually we have no concept of. We're there in our deepest sleep where there's no dreams. And it's, it's, it's in this world above the dream world. And the soul goes there and, and soaks up all of these musical tones and, and uh, harmonies. And then uh, as the soul descends back into the physical, it is then imprinted with this experience that it had up in the, up in the higher world. And the musician, the composer, goes through this process of, of, uh, of remembering what those harmonies were and, and, uh, and converting them into a physical music. And this, this resonates so strongly with me because, you know, in my, in my experience of music, whether I'm improvising, playing my own stuff, or playing music that someone has written, there is this sense, this, this deep sense of, this is of, of remembrance, of remembrance and, uh, and familiarity, like, like home, like I, it feels like I'm, I'm really home. And the way that I described that in the past was, you know, this is my, this is my soul speaking and I feel at home in my soul and, and that's, it's kind of the soul thing. But what Steiner here is saying is that, well, even the soul, like, where does the soul get the music from? Where, like, where is the soul getting this music from? And he's saying, hey, it's going up into this, this unseen world, hanging out, just getting imprinted with these beautiful harmonies and tones, and it comes back, and then it's with you. And it can come out of you. And in the act of improv is so profound sometimes because it feels like while while it feels very familiar with this music that, that comes out of you and it feels like this is what you really are that that's that's how i would describe it it's like this is kind of my my true nature it also it feels like wow i mean i i have no consciousness of developing this where did this come from? It feels foreign. And so this idea that, well, you know, you're unconsciously while you sleep, you're going out into this world that in our conscious lives is foreign. We have no concept of it until we interface with music, which is this gateway to that higher world. 
So I'm going to stop there. Um, there's a little bit left of this lecture where Steiner goes on to talk about how music has its effect on us. And he breaks it down with the, the various bodies of humans, physical body, etheric body, and, uh, and all these things. And, and so I'll go into that next time. But yeah, this, this is really uh, a mind-blowing thing for me. And it, it feels like a much more honest presentation of what is happening when we engage with music. And I think this really should be the starting point, or at least it should be very accessible for people. Because look, I went for years uh, kind of not seeing this, and maybe I wasn't ready to experience it until now. Maybe my, my consciousness just wasn't ready to take it on, but it's very fascinating. And I think it's, it's useful information as a music teacher, as a creator of music. I think this is useful information. I don't know exactly how to apply it. And I'm, I'm sort of suspending my disbelief there. I know that there are practical applications that people have developed based on Waldorf education and Steiner's work on this. So yes, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm going to be exploring this. If you're listening, if, if you listen to this, let me know what your interest is here and let me know what you think of this format. So next time I'm going to finish off this lecture and maybe start the next one. I'm excited to explore this occult science and its connection to music. It's something that I've kind of felt at for a long time. And here I am diving in and getting a, a real understanding. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.